You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. More on the shadow brokers, Equation Group, and what the encryption algorithms are suggesting to people. Crimeware, hacktivism, or cyber cold war. We're thinking door number three. More banking Trojans in Brazil and Colombia. DNSSEC and its exploitation in DDoS. Cerber holds its criminal market share as ransomware as a service. And crooks don't quite trust shark ransomware. Airbus says no to Pokemon, at least on the factory floor. And don't follow Charizard into a minefield. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, August 17th, 2016. The news today continues to be dominated by the Shadow Brokers, the group that dumped a bunch of code on GitHub, claimed it was a sampler of NSA attack code, and offered the rest for sale to anyone who'd care to pony up 1 million Bitcoin. The released code is represented as a teaser, a loss leader. But there may be more going on here other than simple criminal or even hacktivist money-making. Several observers have noticed, like us, how stagey and clumsy the Shadow Brokers' language is. In a quick test of a hypothesis that the pros came from lazy use of Google Translate, our linguistic staff ran some Russian text through the free tool, which gives us a very rough and ready and often comical rendering into the target language. But our staff couldn't come close to replicating the style. It's difficult, others have also pointed out, to see how one could write like that without craft and intention. Here's a fair sample worth quoting at some length. It's addressed to Wealthy Elite. We want to make sure Wealthy Elite recognizes the danger cyber weapons this message, our auction, poses to their wealth and control. Let us spell out for elites. Your wealth and control depends on electronic data. You see what Equation Group can do. You see what Crypto Lockers and Stuxnet can do. You see free files we give for free. You see attacks on banks and SWIFT in news. Maybe there is Equation Group version of Crypto Locker plus Stuxnet for banks and financial systems. If Equation Group lose control of cyber weapons, who else lose or find cyber weapons? If electronic data go bye-bye, where leave wealthy elites? Maybe with dumb cattle? Do you feel in charge? Wealthy elites, you send bitcoins, you bid an auction, maybe big advantage for you. So there. Stuxnet is speculated to have some connection with the Equation Group, an outfit described last year by Kaspersky Labs and widely believed, although Kaspersky is as usual coy about the attribution, to be an NSA operation. CryptoLocker, of course, is criminal ransomware no one has connected with Equation Group or anyone outside of cyber gangland. 
The same can be said of swift bank transfer fraud. The suggestion that NSA is preparing an attack on global wealth is to be sure as provocation as it is on the face of it implausible. So is the notion that alleged U.S. government attack code would easily find its way into criminal hands. Still, the insinuation is more plausible than, say, the stuff that's widely believed about chemtrails or Sasquatch. Kaspersky Labs thinks the samples are genuine pieces of equation group code. The biggest tip-off they see, as expressed in their Secure List blog, is an unusual implementation of RC5 and RC6 encryption algorithms. This evidence is, of course, circumstantial, and attribution remains as notoriously difficult as ever. Speculation about the leakers inevitably turns to Russia. Tensions between that country and the U.S. have been rising, and the timing seems appropriate, given the current uproar over hacking the U.S. Democratic and Republican parties have sustained. But as Edward Snowden has tweeted, it's more noteworthy that the intrusion has been made public than that it was made at all. Any intelligence service like NSA is an obvious collection target, but you wouldn't talk about collecting unless you were interested in making a point or communicating a threat. The incident moves experts to rafish and demonic commentary. Thomas Ridd calls the shadow broker's dump a big middle finger hoisted in a generally American direction. Dave Itell writes, explaining why he thinks it was the Russians, quote, No team of hackers would want to piss off Equation Group this much. That's the kind of cajones that could only come from having a nation-state protecting you, end quote. So, wealthy elite, take your head out of your Pokemon and see, observers are telling us, the dawn of a new cyber-cold war. Did we mention Pokemon? Why, yes, we did. Airbus has told its employees to knock off playing the game at work, and the U.S. State Department has advised travelers not to play Pokemon Go while visiting countries prone to having marked fields of uncleared landmines, especially Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, even if you think you see a halucha. An important part of cybersecurity is, of course, physical security, making sure your devices don't get lost or stolen. Kensington does a good bit of business helping with the physical security of devices, and their locking mechanism has become something of an industry standard. They recently took a survey of IT professionals on how they secure their devices in the real world, and we spoke with Kensington's Rob Humphrey about what they learned. What we found through the survey was the office continues to be one of the highest uh, places that laptop theft occurs, which is a big surprise to most uh, people, particularly IT managers, that people think that the office is a very secure location for um, office equipment, IT equipment. And it turns out that the only other place that uh, theft occurs more often is actually in cars or other transportation, like uh, on the train or something like that. Rob Humphrey said one of the surprising results from the survey was how many organizations had no policy when it came to physical security of devices. More than a third do not have policies in place uh, to physically secure laptops. Um, what we see is a lot of uh, organizations just assume that all of the security needs to be placed on firewalls or virus protection or malware protection and the like, and they they forget about the physical aspect. Um, the other stat that came out that was pretty interesting was um, more than half, 54%, of the survey participants fail to use a physical lock for IT equipment. Um, the survey pointed out 80% of the respondents to the survey do not utilize locks to, to lock down the other types of equipment that are sitting on desktops in conference rooms and other locations. Um, and it's pretty easy to do. And when deploying the locks, the key management 
is always a concern, and our study confirmed that, that over two-thirds of the respondents said, yes, key management is very important to us when we're considering launching or rolling out uh, locks uh, corporate-wide. So when we mean key management is it gives the facilities managers or the IT manager a key that can open up any lock in their system. So if a user forgets their key at home or leaves the organization, takes the key with them, or just loses the key, the IT manager can unlock that device for them. And when something like a laptop gets stolen, there's more than just the cost of the device to consider. You've got to get back to a productive state. So what kind of hassle is, is that when that happens? You know, our, our, our other studies have shown that that takes, you know, people days up to a week or more to get fully back up to speed when they lose something as critical as their, as their personal uh, computer. Employees may resist having their devices locked down at work, but Humphrey says many companies have successfully implemented physical security policies. Having a policy in place and putting some enforcement behind it, uh, such as uh, we know organizations, what they do is they have facilities folks uh, go around the office in the morning and any, any computer that's not locked down, they pick up and take to their office. And it, can be, it creates a very inconvenient uh, scenario for the employee to pick up the computer. So it's all about you know, having the policy in place and enforcing that policy to drive home the importance of locking down their equipment. That's Rob Humphrey from Kensington. You can learn more about their security survey on their website. Turning to news of other threats, BlackBerry is the first major manufacturer to release a patch for the quad-rooter vulnerability. Brazil is experiencing a fresh wave of banking malware infestations as Zeus Sphinx joins Zeus Panda. Some Colombian banks have also been affected by Sphinx. Noistar has released a study on how domain name system security extensions, DNSSEC, can be exploited in DDoS attacks. The security company says, quote, DNSSEC reflection can transform an 80-byte query into a 2,313-byte response, an amplification factor of nearly 30, end quote. This is troubling because of the role DNSSEC play in defensive measures. Cerber remains the dominant ransomware-as-a-service, but a competitor is up, Shark, whose masters say they work on commission. Their attack screen says, data on this device were locked thus getting on our editor's good side because the crooks recognize that the word data is plural. He says things like, you should honor the Latin plural, blah, 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 and yes, alas, he really does talk like that. But Symantec, Bleeping Computer, and others who've looked into Shark note that its purveyors have been booted out of the best criminal fora, fora, that Latin plural again, and that they're probably just scamming other crooks. Don't let the Latin plural fool you, kids. There's no honor among thieves. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. 
In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Joe, earlier in the show, we heard from Rob Humphrey from Kensington about the physical security and securing our devices. Uh, we hear stories regularly about laptops being stolen from cars and so forth. Uh, in your opinion, what are some of the things we can do to uh, pay better attention to physical security? Obviously, don't leave them in your car. Uh, there was <laughs> The one case that comes to my mind was a case of somebody who worked for a VA hospital who left a laptop in their car. Right. Uh, I can't remember all the details of it. It was probably about seven years ago that this happened, but that, that constituted a, a, a breach of personal health care information. You know, basic basic common sense things. If you if you if don't leave your laptops in your car, do do the physical things. Protect your computer like it is a valuable item. Uh, but let's say that that you've done something or that you manage many computers and you just don't have the faith in humanity that's required to believe that everybody's going to take care of their devices. Sure. So uh, there are things you can do to protect the data that's on that. Uh, generally, the the buzzword or jargon term is called data at rest. Yeah. So this is any kind of any kind of data that's on uh, physical media like a hard drive, uh, tape backup, and you can encrypt that device so that even if somebody does steal the hardware, the device is encrypted and they can't get the data off of it. Right. So that's an option. You you know I I, I remember it last uh, computer I bought. It's when I set up the computer. It asked me, do you want to encrypt the hard drive? Uh, on this computer, I said yes. Didn't didn't seem to be much of a downside to that. Yeah, there's really not much of a downside. It's very transparent to the end user. There is one issue, and that is, you know, at the enterprise level, if you have, uh, if you if you forget a password, then you have to go and and have somebody reset it. So even um, that way, if someone actually got physical access to to let's say a laptop and they removed the hard drive from the inner innards of the laptop and tried to hose it up to some other machine. That data is protected because it's encrypted. Right, it's encrypted and it's encrypted with a key instead, uh, and not necessarily a password-derived key. All right, good stuff. Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Thank you.